0: Thanks for joining us for another phenomenal message from C3 Church in San Diego, California. For more info on C3 Church, go to C3SanDiego.com. Father, we just honor you tonight. We open our hearts. What a great weekend. We just give you all the honor. We realize none of this is possible except what Jesus did for us on Calvary. And we thank you, Lord. We just give you all the honor for the miracles, the breakthroughs, the the, uh, everything that has happened. we, We give you the honor. And tonight we open our heart. We want to learn. We want to position our lives differently and walk differently to what we've done before. So I just pray that every person here today, whatever situation, circumstance they're in, will begin to feel your spirit speaking. And determination will arise to step up into what they're called to do and be. We just give you the honor, Lord. How much you speak what you've shared with me very clearly tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, we've had a great time here with you guys. It's still got another day, isn't it? Fantastic. And the best is in the morning and take me out and we'll get guns. I love guns. I got guns at home. We can't get pistols at home, but we can get guns. We get shotguns. I got shotguns and rifles and stuff. And we just love shooting. So you say, what do you do for what do you do for a break? I kill things. <laughs> There's nothing like the smell of gun smoke, is there? Come on, that's male perfume, you know, gun smoke. (laughs) Wow. Hey, we've had a great time. Thank you for being so, so open and hungry. Some of you will be here tonight for the first time, so you'll be wondering what's going on. and uh, Just listen and open your heart and listen to your own heart, and you'll find that the things I share with you will really resonate with you. At the end of the meeting, we'll have a chance for people to respond, and uh, we're going to have a great time tonight. I want to speak to you on spiritual authority, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll share with you a story of what God showed me when I was only Christian about six, seven months. And I've been working it out the rest of my life. But it was uh, something that God showed me that was extremely powerful. And I'm only a very young Christian, don't know anything like what you know, hadn't even been baptized. And God began to speak to me about the area of spiritual dominion, spiritual authority and uh, i was teaching I, I i've trained i've done a master of science in physics with honors in physics and and done all that kind of stuff all the left brain thing and uh, i just got filled with the holy ghost and uh, i was teaching in a high school teaching physics teaching maths teaching science and my home room was a physics laboratory pretty old run-down room to tell the truth i succeeded in setting it on fire the first year <laughs> And giving the headmaster an electric shock. You know, there were lots of things happened there I wouldn't talk about now. I might be misunderstood. (laughs) But uh, anyway, one of the things the Lord spoke to me about was this that that classroom was my spiritual territory. And he, He told me I needed to do some things in there. And so what He taught me to do was to go in before anything started at the beginning of the day and to stand as one. Uh, overseeing this territory one having authority in this territory and to lay hands on every seat in the classroom and speak to the students that were coming into the spirit powers that were behind them and to subdue them and forbid their operation and to release peace into the classroom so students could work and study and succeed. And so I just did it. So every day I go in print go, and do this sort of thing. And I'm I'm still young Christian. I'm still trying to figure all this stuff out, and uh, it didn't make sense to me. But I just le- I learned in the early days just to, to stop trying to reason it, learn to listen and obey what God was saying. So I just did it. Now, I, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything at all. But I want to show you the outworking of it. Uh, about three months later, a teacher came up to me, and she said, hey, there's something strange about your room, you know, what's up with your room? room. It seems so different." And I said, What do you mean it's different? He said, Well, I do a study class in, the, in various places in this school. I take students for a study session, and most of the time I'm just trying to keep them under control uh, and I can't get any work done. But here, they, I bring them in, and they settle down, and they, there's a piece in this place, and they get to study and do what they're going to do, and I don't have to get disrupted. I can get on with a tremendous amount of work. So I really like having a study class in this room. So, Why is your room so different? You know, I was tempted to say, well, we have drugs in here, and we, you know. (laughs) I said to her, I said, I don't think you want to hear what I have to say. And uh, so she said, no, 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 tell me, tell me. I said, no, I don't think you want to hear what I want to say. And she said, no, 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 you've got to tell me. I said, well, no, I'm sure you don't want to hear why it's like this. And uh, she said, no, no, I'm baiting And So she just comes out and said, no, no, you've got to tell me. And I said, well, tell me again. This room's really peaceful. You get all the study done. She said, yes. I said, well, I'll tell you what I do. Every day I come and I take authority over the spirits that trouble the students and cause disruption. I command them to be subdued. And I release the peace of God in this place. And I took one look at her face. I said, I told you you didn't want to hear the answer. <laughs> but I said, you've already told me it's working. A little while later, I'm uh, standing there in my, uh, at the desk, just in between periods, and uh, two girls go by, and, uh, and they said, hey, sir, they stood outside the room yelling, hey, sir, what's up with your room? What's wrong with your room? I said, I don't know, what's wrong with the room? And they said, well, every time, it's a weird room. I said, really? Weird? Tell me what weird is. And she said, They said, well, every time we go past your room, we get the shakes. I said, really? I never seen anyone shake, you know? And uh, except on a dance floor. And so there there it was. And of course Jurgen. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't give the details. It was on this morning's tape. <laughs> and sure enough, I look and they're shaking. I said, come on now, let me have a look. So they come and they stood and, and as they came in they began to shake even more. So they're shaking like that, and suddenly I realize these two girls have been involved in the occult. And I said, oh. I said, Oh. I said, you're shaking because something in you is reacting to the presence of God in this place. And, uh, and they were, whoa. And now I'm on a roll, Holy Ghost roll. And when you got on a Holy Ghost roll, you say things you didn't even stop to think about. And, and I just heard my, these words come out of my mouth, you know, and I can stop the shaking. And I thought, oh, stop the shaking? i have never seen that before. How do you know you can stop it, you know? <laughs> And they said, okay, stop the shaking. And I said, okay, close your eyes. Because you close your eyes, you make everyone vanish. And so I'm thinking, so I prayed two prayers. The first one they didn't hear. Help, help, (laughs) I do, you know. And the second one was this. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority over these spirits. I command you to be still. And I opened my eyes and the girls have absolutely stopped the shaking. And I, I learned then about how you and I are given authority as believers to change spiritual atmospheres over the spiritual territory God has given us and to confront and subdue demons which are operating there without restraint because of the activities of people. Think about that. I won't. I can't finish the story. I've got too many other things I want to share tonight. But uh, but what happened was, progressively over a season of time, uh, everything about what I was doing in the classroom accelerated. And we were doing uh, what I was doing. There was getting somewhere like 98% of all students in my physics class would graduate from that class with success. It's just it became phenomenal, and my classes grew from being only having two. one as a senior, one next one down. Uh, in the end, I had almost the whole senior school in my classes because this was a place to be. You got to hear stuff and get changed and you got to really learn, and people succeeded. And so I learned then, and I'm only Christian six, seven months or something like that, I learned then about the realm of the Spirit and what we can do to shift things in the spiritual atmosphere. And I've been learning more about it ever since. So I want to just uh, lay out some teaching for you. Uh, I'll move through it as quickly as I can, but I just... And it's it's quite a big topic, this, but I want to lay out some things which are simple enough you'll easily understand them. And as I share them, you're going to think about your life, and you're going to begin to start to think about what you've yielded up and what you've given up and what you need to change you need to take back again and I'll show you very simply at the end how you can do that and then we'll have an opportunity for ministry and those of you that are demonized come up and make my day. Okay, all right well let's go on. I'm just getting carried away. Getting ahead of myself here now hang on. Too many Clint Eastwood movies, you know. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Uh, uh, just start, let's start off first of all in Psalm 8 and verse uh, 4 through to 6. Uh, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, a little lower than Elohim God himself. You ha-, notice this. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands and put all things under his feet. You were designed for dominion. Man is made for dominion over the works of God's hand. You are not made to be under the dominion of something created. You are made to be in dominion over created things. And so God designed us for dominion. He designed us in a unique way. We are a spirit being living in a physical body, and we have the capacity to interact with the physical world and also with the realm of the spirit. We are absolutely unique. So we have the capacity to act as a gateway for things from the kingdom of heaven to manifest and enter into the earth. And uh, whether it be good or whether it be bad, eh? things of the kingdom of heaven are all good. But you can also, because of the way you design, open your life and there becomes manifestations of the powers of darkness through you as well. And so God has called us to have dominion, to have authority, spiritual authority. Now I want you to have a look at Jesus in Luke 4 verse 36. Luke 4 verse 36. And in Luke 4, we looked at this the other day uh, on the, over the weekend. Jesus has just done a deliverance. And a man is in the synagogue, and the man is demonized. That means he has a part of his life which uh, there is a spiritual energy operating which brings his life out of his control. He had a spirit of lust an unclean spirit operating him, so he's in bondage continually to sexual thoughts, images, pictures, temptations, pressures to sin. And it's activated. The source behind it, or the force behind it, empowering it, is an evil spirit. And uh, So evil spirits are spirit beings, and if they can enter a person, they will energize and activate some issue, some problem, something in your life, and create a problem you can't resolve. You can't medicate it. You can't fix it. You can't overcome it. it requires a spiritual solution to a spiritual problem. And so this man had yielded authority in his life, and now an evil spirit had entered in. Evil spirits cannot enter into your life unless you yield your authority in some way to them. Now, with the kingdom of heaven, it's a kingdom of light, Evil, uh, the Spirit of God comes in, we know we're responding, we're receiving and acknowledging Christ as our Lord, and we receive the Holy Spirit and we know exactly what's going on. When it's the kingdom of, uh, of the devil, it's a kingdom of darkness, there's deception, you don't know what you're opening yourself to, you don't know what comes into you, in fact you don't even know for the most part something has gone into you, you just think it's me, I've got an issue I can't get over. And so this man had uh, issues, he had evil spirits in him. I won't go into the details of it, but basically the the demons manifested in the meeting. They manifested because of the anointing and spiritual uh, authority and stature Jesus had. Notice they recognized them. They said, we know who you are, the Son of God. So the evil, the spirit world recognizes who you are. So when you're born again, you are a member of the body of Christ. You are joined to Christ. Evil spirits recognize who you are. They know you. And they know the authority you carry. They know the anointing you carry. They know the blocks in your life. They also know where you've got sin issues, where you've got unresolved issues. They see and know it. See, they are aware of it. In the spirit world, they can see you like you really are. And so Jesus disposed of the spirits and uh, vanquished them. He rebuked them saying, come on out, come out. Quite authority, be quiet, come out. And the demon threw the guy on the ground, came out of him, didn't hurt him. Now here's the bit I want to draw your attention to. And all the people were amazed and spoke among themselves saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. Now notice they, they ascribed to Jesus something that no other religious leader had. He has authority and he has power. Now let me define they are different things. The word power is the word dunamis. It means supernatural, empowering, supernatural ability. And the supernatural ability he had is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost God puts on you for the work he called you to. The second thing they acknowledged was he had authority that spirits recognized and submitted to. The word authority is the word exousia. It's a word that means to be delegated the right to speak or act on behalf of someone else. To be delegated the legal right to speak and act on behalf of someone else. So Jesus was sent from the Father, and in that sending, he was sent to the tribe of Israel and was given a sphere, a territory, where he had spiritual authority. He had the right to speak and act as the father's representative and to subdue demonic spirits, heal the sick, and engage the kingdom of darkness. Now notice he is acting as a representative of his father, a representative of the kingdom of heaven, and he had authority, a legal jurisdiction, a legal right, a realm over which he could speak, and he had the power to follow it up. He had the power to get the job done. Now when when the Bible says that man was created for dominion, what it means is you are created to represent the kingdom of God, to represent God our Father, to represent the King of Kings, to act as his representative in the earth, and to advance the kingdom of God. You are called to have dominion. So the things that are out of order, you're called to bring them into alignment with the kingdom of heaven. Getting the idea? So Jesus had authority and power. Now notice in Luke 10, 17, Now Jesus is speaking not just to the apostles, he sent them out and gave them authority over evil spirits. Now he sent 70 others out and they return rejoicing because spirits were subject to them. And he says, notice he says, I give you authority to tread on serpents, scorpions and all the dunamis power of the enemy. So notice, he's now not just empowered the apostles, he's also expanded this ministry of spiritual authority to the 70. And then when you follow that through into uh, the uh, book of Matthew and Mark, he says all authority is given to me. Now I send you, commission you, as the Father sent me, and I give you authority, and so you, in my name, you can cast out evil spirits all who believe these signs will follow all who believe So you notice now that Jesus has broadened the scope of people who are authorized to act as kingdom representatives and to engage evil spirits and to confront them and to deal with them. So I want you to come and have a look with me back into Genesis 2:15 and I want you to look at the first ambassador, And I want to show you a couple of things about the first ambassador, because we're going to look at your spiritual territory and what you're called to do with your spiritual territory, and then some guidelines on operating with spiritual authority, and then just give you a simple practical key how to do it. Okay? That'd be good? And, and uh, so Genesis chapter two, if you can just just bear with us, we just opened the word because I found if you don't have a word base, you won't understand what you're doing, and you'll you'll find yourself being knocked around a bit see so you notice it says that god and in Genesis two fifteen the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it and he gave him a command of every tree of the garden you may eat freely tree of knowledge good and evil. you not, not eat from the day you eat it you'll die now I want you to pick up the mandate this is the pattern at the beginning the first thing to notice is God put man in the garden he'd created God created a territorial assignment and then created the man and put him in it before you were even born God had an assignment for your life he created you and put you into that place where the assignment could be carried out. So the assignment comes before the person. God has a plan, a destiny, and he creates you to uniquely fulfill it. See, in Ephesians 2.10, it echoes that when Paul says, we are his workmanship, unique workmanship created in Christ for good works that God prepared beforehand or before we were born that we would walk in them. So before you were born, and it doesn't matter what circumstances you were born in, whether you were wanted, unwanted, desired or not desired, expected, unexpected, or whatever happened, God had a a destiny, a plan or a purpose. He had a territory for you to occupy and advance his kingdom, and it's unique to you. Now, in this territory that God put the man into, he gave him two responsibilities. The first one was to tend it. The second one was to keep it. So the spiritual territory God has given you, and I'll get you to think what that could be in a moment, God has given you at least two things that you are required to do. Number one, you're required to cultivate your spiritual territory so it becomes fruit-bearing. Secondly, you are to keep it. That word means to build a hedge. Of supernatural protection around it so no demonic enemy can come in and have authority or dominion or engage this area that God has assigned for you now you understand then that in the classroom this was the territory for a season God had assigned me and so part of my assignment was to take dominion over evil spirits that disrupt- disrupted students and stopped them being productive and successful And then it was to creatively bring the ideas and life of God into the classroom and find ways of interacting with students that would help them learn, overcome blocks, and become successful. To guard it and to cultivate it. To cultivate it so it's fruit-bearing. So whatever territory God has given you spiritually, You were called to enter that territory as a representative of the kingdom of God and to cultivate it so it's fruit-bearing, and in this way you bring honor to God, but you're also called to tend it, in other words, to keep it, rather to guard it from any demonic invasion. Implicit in that is that you would recognize demonic invasion and exercise your authority to confront it and deal with it. Okay then. So it's quite exciting when you begin to see that, eh? Now, of course, you know the story of what happened—that uh, Adam and uh, Eve were in the garden. Of the devil, serpent, came into the de- uh, the garden. Now, I want to show you something you may not have seen before. Remember, God created the man. Then He created the woman to stand with him. And be with him as a partner, co-laborer uh, with him. And he was to give leadership in this whole relationship. Saying, Now, I want to show you something that happened. And you know the story in the garden and, and how the devil came in and, and uh, talked to Eve. And verse six, the woman uh, of chapter three, verse six, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it's pleasant to the eyes, desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Now look at this next line. She also gave to a husband with her, and he ate. Now here I want you to see this. Adam was the first one designed as God's representative. He was the one given the mandate. He was the one given the territory. She worked with him. Now notice this, that when the enemy came in, he was with her, he was silent, and he did not confront the demonic spirit. Now. Who did God hold responsible for the failure? Adam, not his wife. Eve was deceived. Adam actually yielded up his authority. He traded, Now we don't know why he traded. I won't go into all of that, but the, the thing to see there is he was silent. He failed to take up his responsibility to keep the garden. He failed to speak. He failed to confront. Now this is fruit power just those things there it'll get you thinking straight away okay now what I want you to understand is that every believer has a spiritual territory every believer has what the Bible calls a metron or a realm or sphere of influence that God has given you responsibility for and your responsibility includes a number of things so let's first have a look in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 Paul who was one of the greatest had the greatest insight to this whole realm of the Spirit. Paul teaches about it in a whole number of different ways, but look what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, I won't try and explain it all. Let me just pull out the highlights of it. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12, we don't class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves among themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Now what he's saying is, I don't look what anyone else is doing to see how good I'm doing. Basically, I'm responsible for my life. So I don't worry what anyone else is doing with their life, or what everyone else is doing, or how high up, how low down, or whatever. I don't compare. To compare is foolish. I've got to discover the uniqueness of my assignment and fulfill that. And Then he goes on to talk about the assignment. However. We will not boast beyond measure, but within limits of the sphere God has appointed to us, a sphere which especially includes you. And we will not overextend ourselves, as though our authority didn't extend to you, for it's to you we came with the gospel, not boasting in things beyond our measure in someone else's labors. Now we'll just stop just there. What he's saying in essence is this. He said, I have... Uh, um, a a measure that God has given to me, a sphere of responsibility, and that's what I operate in. I know what God has called me to do, and I don't go beyond it. I stay within the sphere, the territory that God has given to me. And he uses two words, the word metron, something God measured or thought out and designed especially for him, measured it out. And secondly, he uses the word uh, that describes a sphere of influence. So he's saying something like this. God has measured out to me a spiritual territory or sphere of influence. And so I don't boast about what anyone else did. I just get busy with my own business. I mind my business. I mind the territory God has given me. I cultivate it and I spiritually govern it. See, now let's have a look what that would mean. So that raises the question, is what is your spiritual territory? It is basically uh, what God has given you responsibility for. Your spiritual territory is what God has given you responsibility for. Of course, as we grow in life, our responsibilities grow, also our authority grows. So let me try to put it another way. Your, 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 your uh, territory is your sphere of influence. See? So uh, it's the assignment that God gave you. Now, it's no nice just looking what assignment God gave everyone else. He's given one for you, and he puts you in a church to learn how to walk with him, how to serve, how to walk in the principles of the kingdom, and how to fulfill your assignment. For the majority of people, the assignment God has given them is in the community. Not in the church. So people will hasten and hurry and compete for roles and positions in the church. But the majority, it's about the kingdom going out into the community, advancing the kingdom out there. Get the idea? Okay. All right then. So here's the thing. What then is your metron? What is your territory? Well, let me give you just, now the most obvious thing is your body is. You need to govern your body. Think about that your soul you need to govern your soul your emotions your thought life your habit patterns you need to govern that you need to cultivate it and protect it from demonic invasion see and this is the this is where most people don't go any further (laughs) they come to me for help (laughs) because they didn't govern, they didn't protect, they didn't tend, they didn't cultivate, and they got a mess. My life's a mess! I tell them, it's your mess. Until you own it, and do what God wants you to do, you can't get out of it. And they say, I got demons, they're your demons. They came in because you opened the door, and gave them an opportunity. That's why Paul in Ephesians 4, 27 says, give no door of opportunity or legal ground or jurisdiction for a demon to enter your life. If you've got a demon, the demon's not the problem. You are. You are. You let it in. I didn't see it coming. No, it deceives you. Do you want to be delivered right now? <laughs> Those jeggings, they gotta come off. <laughs> Here we go. So your responsibility. Think about that. So so what would it your finances are part of your spiritual territory. You're to cultivate it and to protect it from demonic invasion. So you become positioned financially to advance the kingdom. Now start to think, your work. Whatever assignment God gave you in the workplace is your spiritual territory. You are the pastor of that place. You are the pastor of that workplace. You are responsible for the spiritual atmosphere there. Oh, really? Yeah. I had one guy came to me. One guy came to me and said, I'm quitting my job. I said, why are you doing that? He said, oh, it's horrible the language and the way... The way, the way. He told me all this complacent. He said, Tell me, is there any other Christian there? He said, no. I said, you're the only Christian and you're abandoning your post? Woo! What's that about? I said, why don't you get in praying? I said, why don't you subdue and shift the spiritual atmosphere? So I got him to, I said, I'll come down with you and show you how to do it. So we went in there and we began to pray strongly in tongues, began to rise up in the spirit, take authority over the demons in there, command those things to go, start to release peace, start to pray over the machinery, everything. He came back a week later, he said, I can't believe it, everything's changed. The whole place has changed. I said, no, you changed. You become the gateway for the kingdom to come into your workplace. You became the gateway for blessing for those who are in bondage and don't know it and are waiting for you to step up. I had a. My son in law was come home and he's complaining about his workplace. And because uh, people complain, I don't get much shift from me. And uh, so he's complaining about it. I said, What's wrong? He said, Well, we've had this guy come in who's taken over the team. And I said, What's the problem? He said, Well, um, he. Ever since he's taken over the team, everything has gone down. The morale has gone down. People are, uh, are really demoralized. The atmosphere has gone down. Productivity has gone down. Mistakes and things have increased. We've had all of these problems and issues. It's just a very bad scene, very unpleasant. I don't like going there. No one's liking going there. It's really in turmoil. And I said, really? I said, tell me about That's interesting. I asked a few more questions. I said, tell me, would that guy be involved in the occult in any kind of way? And uh, he, he said, uh, yeah, actually, I think he has got some background or something in that. I said, what are you going to do? about it? He said, what do you mean? What am I going to do about it? Well, I said, you're the kingdom of God representative. This is your territory. Why are you letting demons invade and disrupt and make everyone's life miserable, productivity go down, everything turn into turmoil? Why are you permitting it? He said, what do I do? I said, I'll show you what to do. And I said, give it 21 days. And I guarantee you, within a very short time, stuff will happen. So he begins to pray in the spirit, praying in tongues. He arose as a kingdom representative. He began to speak in the spirit, take authority over all demons, accessing the workplace through this man. Didn't pray against the man, prayed against the spirits. He, he took authority over them, forbade them to operate, shut down their operation, and asked the Lord, either change or remove this condition. Wow. Uh, I, you know, within a week. Within a week, he said the first thing, the first day he came back to me, he said, man, I had the worst day I've ever had at work. And I said, good on you. That means you're getting in the fight. Yeah? And then he, I said, keep it up. You've just got to persevere. devil will push against you and make you think as though what you're doing is not having any effect. Just keep going. And I said, he kept going. So he kept keep going for 21 days. And, uh, and, and anyway, 10 days later, he came back, he said, uh, two days later, he came back and he said, whoa, everything's starting to change in the place. We had a good day today. Everything went well. No breakdowns. Things starting to go. And it's got better and better and better. And then the boss, the guy who was over the team, got taken off, got assigned somewhere else. And my son-in-law got promoted and put in charge of the team. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I give you, I have got so many stories of this kind of stuff happening, so many stories. It's actually the believer understanding their authority and their territory and stepping up and beginning to exercise their authority. It's not against people, it's against unseen spirit powers. We're not called to have dominion over people, over the works of God's hands not people made in his image. Called to have dominion over demons and over over the Creator. So it's spiritual territory. So here it is, so, well, there could be lots of Your ministry is your spiritual territory. Whatever ministry area you serve in the church, that's your spiritual territory. So govern it and tend to it and cultivate it so it produces fruit and it stands up and it shouts, yes sir! You know, do it so it's really excellent, really good. And then God will enlarge your territory. So, so uh, well, I can't go into all the things, but you can grow your spiritual authority in levels, you see. You grow it as you show faithfulness over small areas. So, you've got a spiritual territory. How many know you've got a spiritual territory? Stop complaining. If you're a husband, oh, oh, oh. Now, wife, don't you, you just get your elbow ready to go, Oh, we're going to open it. We're going to go there shortly. Going to call some guys back into alignment. <laughs> okay, now here's it Now, God, God has called the man, the head of the woman. Now that's the language of spiritual authority. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. So if a, if a man, wow, 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 you're gonna get that. I'll just lift your arm, you might've take the blows now. <laughs> if a man uh, is, is, a, is married, God requires of him to assume spiritual responsibility for the household with his wife. I'll show you in a moment what happens, the principles of what happen if you fail to take up your responsibility. Now, I wanna share with you just several simple things. Like I won't develop them, but just they're self-evident in many ways, see? Eh? And, and then we'll just apply it into the marriage I'll show you what happens and how you can pray as a man and deal with some stuff. Now, here's what your responsibility is. Your responsibility is to act as a representative of Jesus Christ. Do people see Christ in you? Okay? And you are called to uh, do the two things that we talked about, to discover what your territory is and what your assignment is, to cultivate that area and build it so it's fruitful. You cultivate your marriage by love, by words, by acts of kindness. You don't take the position of headship, is a spiritual position, and it's never one of bearing authority over others, it's always one of serving others. I'll show you that in mind. Now let me just give you a few things about, uh, about spiritual authority. Here's some, just some guidelines. Whatever... Here's, I'll, just give, I'll run them down without developing them. It, it just, this, this is a big area, this whole area of spiritual authority. Church is not very up-to-date on it, but let me just give you it in highlights, So, just some bullet points. Here's the first thing. Whatever God gave you spiritual responsibility for, He has given you spiritual authority to govern. Whatever he gave you responsibility for, he's given you spiritual authority to govern. That means any demon that tries to enter your territory actually is subject to you. So you could deliver yourself, Jurgen. You could do it. You know, you could just go there. Oh, ah! You know, you know. No, Jim Carrey, come out! No, no. <laughs> there. Ah, so whatever God has given you responsible for responsibility for, he's given you spiritual authority. You have spiritual authority over your territory. Maybe you've yielded it up and you're in bondage, but God has given you spiritual authority. The devil wants you to not know what you have authority over. He wants to keep you deceived so you don't feel you have authority, don't think you have authority, so you don't actually take up your responsibilities. Okay, here's the second thing. Your territory is an entrustment from God. It's an entrustment from God. Your marriage is an entrustment from God. See, your body is an entrustment from God. Your giftings are an entrustment from God. Your finances are an entrustment from God. You have to think like that. And so if God has given us an entrustment, with that entrustment there's uh, an assignment with it and there's accountability for it. And so every one of us is accountable for what we've done with the assignment or entrustment God gave us. Notice every all of the servants, Matthew 25, were given uh, talents. All of the servants in Matthew and 9, Luke 19 were given uh, something to work with. All of them were told to occupy or be busy and productive, and all were called to give account. Now this is the servants of God. From a kingdom perspective, you are called to be accountable for the spiritual territory and assignments God has given you. It's your responsibility to discover them, develop them, tend them, cultivate them, and govern them spiritually. Get the idea? Okay. So here's the third thing. Then, if you fail to assume your responsibility, if you fail to assume your responsibility, demons will enter into your territory, and they will oppress you from the position that you have yielded up to them. If you fail to assume responsibility and to do your part, then demonic spirits will enter that area or territory you've you've uh, drawn back from and they will use it against you to oppress you. In Luke 4 verse 6, which uh, um, Pastor Eugen read out earlier on, it said, all these things are delivered or handed over to me. So Adam was placed in a place in the spirit of spiritual governance, when he yielded up to the, to the devil's temptation, he lost that place of governance and the devil then entered into it and could say all of the kingdoms of the earth are mine. You see, he entered the realm of authority Adam was given and then he used it against Adam ever since. Wow. So if you are a husband and for whatever reason you draw back from spiritual leadership in the home, You have vacated the positioning God gave uniquely to you. There is an authority with it that your wife never has because it's assigned to you. If you draw back, demonic spirits will occupy it. And what they will do is they will beat you down so you continually feel rejected, inadequate, and become more and more passive spiritually. And they will. your wife will automatically try and rise up to protect because that's in her nature. She'll start to take on those responsibilities, find herself out of where God really wanted her, and she will then be subject to demonic attack as well. And the only way out of it is not to call your wife a Jezebel. It's to actually face responsibility. I've been passive, I've been irresponsible. I repent, and I stand up and begin to take my place in dominion again. Get the idea? Glory to God! Yeah, I give you. I I'll give you. I give you a story. I give you one story on that. I had one person come to me, and uh, and I just shared with them these principles. And I said, "You have yielded spiritual leadership in your home to your wife. You've actually, you've actually withdrawn from your responsibility." Now I said, she's not called to have that, you are. So I said, the answer is not to try and address your wife's problems. The answer is to address your irresponsibility. You're not called to change her, you're called to love her. So you're called to change yourself. So I said this, what I want you to I want you to repent of being irresponsible, repent of failing to take responsibility for what God gave you, stand up inside and assume that responsibility by confession, take it on yourself, and then every day, I want you to pray in tongues, I want you to stand up in the spirit, and I want you to speak to the spirit world and say something like this, I stand as a representative of Jesus Christ, I stand as the head of my household, I take dominion over every spirit that or oppresses our marriage and my wife, I break your power and command you to go. I said, just do it. I said, do it for 21 days. So he did it. He rang me the next day. I said, What's up? He said, I'm sick. I said, Of course you're sick. You got in the battle. What else do you expect? Just get up and get going. Don't wimp out. Keep going. Just keep pressing in in prayer. So he pressed and pressed. He rang me the next day. I said, How you doing? He said, The sickness is gone. I said, it was just a demon. He was testing out whether you really do believe you have authority. He's just trying you out, and so he kept praying about. Then he asked the Lord to show him the spirits, and he had this vision. He saw them, freaked him out. Suddenly, this is all real. Uh, he kept praying uh, about. About day ten, he rang me up. He said, "My wife's having a breakdown." I said, "No, she isn't." He said, "No, no, she's having." You don't understand. My wife is having a breakdown. I said, "No, she isn't." She said no, no, no! You don't understand. I've seen this thing in her before, and last time we had to go to this and this, and you know, doctors and, so on, and, so on, and so on. I said medication. She said she is not having a breakdown. I said, what's happening now? is the control spirits which have held her life together are now yielding to your authority and letting go and the grief and pain she's never faced in her life is surfacing for her to resolve. It just feels like she's breaking down. What's really happening is her agreement with the control spirits is now being broken and she's starting to have to face things she's never faced before. Whoa! So we went round, we were able to pray for her, got her delivered of a whole realm of occult stuff that she had been involved in, and I got him to stand with me and pray with me. Said, just put your hand on your wife and say, as, as the lawful head of this household, I take to many, command these tormenting spirits to go. I put my hand, Said, and notice we declare to the spirit world who we are and what we carry. See, we're coming as representatives of Jesus Christ, standing in the positioning God has given us, and that's the place. You don't fight the devil that way. You stand where God has positioned you and decree it shall be so. And, and she got set free. Amazing. Total change in their marriage. Marriage relationship completely shifting. All the dynamics suddenly changed. Okay, so here's, a, here's another principle. Now, these things, all of them, I can, we can develop. We'll just give you another couple, and then we'll get to just show you what to do, and then get have an older call. So, here's another thing. Here's another principle about authority. If you go beyond your responsibility and take over the responsibility of someone else, you can easily end up usurping their authority. And when you usurp their authority, even if you mean well, what happens is you, make, you give legal permission for a controlled spirit, a spirit of witchcraft, to enter and oppress both of you. Now why is that? Because witchcraft is an unlawful authority. Witchcraft is attempting to impose a will that's actually not the will of God. Whenever you try and manipulate someone, you are bringing a pressure on them to yield to your will. You're removing from them their free will. This is witchcraft. In an extreme, the person is dominated, controlled, or shut down, intimidated, and they can't make their own decisions. So we, so when you're in the kingdom of heaven, one of the things you learn to understand very quickly is the issue of boundaries. Boundary means what I'm responsible for, I tend to it and have dominion over that. What you are responsible for, you are responsible for. And I can be invited in to assist you. If you're a child, then I can extend my uh, responsibility over you and protect you from things, but I've got to watch. I don't enter into going beyond what God has given me responsibility for. Otherwise, you end up being abusive in the relationship and you end up opening the way for control spirits. Now, I've got a whole stuff around that, we just can't teach it today. But here's the deal, whatever you're responsible for, step up and take that responsibility, begin to repent of the areas of failure in it, step up and begin to ask God's empowerment in that area, subdue the demons that got in there, you'll be amazed what will come up. Secondly, don't overstep what you're responsible for and take on something someone else is responsible for or you'll end up out of order and end up with demonic spirits operating which you never even thought of, okay? And uh, here it is, the last one I'll share with you. Spiritual authority, it's for a purpose to advance the kingdom of God and to serve people. Jesus in Luke chapter 13, uh, sorry, John chapter 13, uh, spoke this in John 13, verse 12, 14. It says, he said, you say, you call me Lord, that's spiritual authority, and I am your Lord. He knew he was. But he said, I've given you an example of what this looks like relationally. And he washed their feet. So you notice he has spiritual authority, but he's a foot washer. So spiritual authority is a relational thing. You have it because of relationship. You can exercise it because of relationship, and it's never about lording it over anyone. It's always about serving people and blessing them and benefiting them and helping them in whatever way. the idea? Okay, then. So we'll just stop there, and I want to just give you then a couple of practical things you can do. Whatever is your spiritual territory. Whatever is your spiritual territory, here's some simple things you can do, very practical, very easy to do. Number one, you need to hold your territory in your heart. Remember we talked that everything flows out of your heart. So if you have an issue that you're resentful about or angry about or bitter about, you won't be able to lovingly embrace your territory. See, now, have a think about this. I share with you some aspects of your charity, your body, your soul, your spiritual life, your relationships, uh, your uh, finances, your gifts, your work, your personal property. Oh, I mean, if you think about it, you can extend this list out a little bit further than I did. But here's the thing in, in the midst of it all, is that you have to celebrate and welcome it. As a believer, get this. Now, here's the biggest thing as a believer, Everywhere I go, I'm a representative of the kingdom of heaven, and I'm authorized to advance the kingdom. Think about that. What does that mean for you? That means in your workplace and in your area, you're authorized to advance the kingdom by subduing spirits and then making your presence felt to influence people for Christ. Whenever you wherever you go, that is the territory you're in. So if you get on a plane and the person the person next to you, this side or that side, then now come into your territory, into your sphere of influence. Now you can begin to start to pray and ask God, give me something for this person that can help them. You see, wherever you go, you're an ambassador. Now notice this about an embassy. An embassy is a territory that belongs to another nation. That's huh? right. So now you're a walking embassy. And wherever you go, you're called to bring the Kingdom of Heaven. So it works out in in some simple ways just like this. Number one, hold your assignment in your heart. Don't get reactionary against your work, your marriage, your family. Hold it in your heart. Hold the people in your heart dearly. How How do you do that? Well, as you pray, begin to picture them. Begin to picture them. with, Begin to feel them with fondness in your heart. You just, Lord, I just welcome these people. I welcome this realm. I welcome this area. I thank you for it. See, gratitude for people. Paul, in all of his letters, is thankful for the people he has spiritual authority over. He continues to thank God for them. So thankfulness and gratitude for these people helps keep your heart fond and tender of them. So that's number one. You need to embrace your area or your metron and your heart, not react against it. Secondly, you need to develop a vision for your territory to grow and cultivate and develop. Develop a vision for your territory to develop. So, for example, I mean, Jürgen's telling me he's, he's, done all, he's got this trainer who trains him and and he's got someone teaching him something else. He's got someone coaching them how to do the slap dancing and stuff. And man, he's, he's into it big time, you know. He's just all of these things, you see. But yeah, he's getting a vision for what he could become in that area of his life. See, for the church you have a vision of what you could become. You need a vision of what your workplace could become, a vision for what your neighborhood could become, a vision for your school and what it could become. Whatever it is you develop a vision for it, you see what God has in mind for it, and which is why He put you there. A lot of people complain about where they're at rather than actually embrace it in their heart and get a vision for it. I met with one of my son in laws, he's in this job and uh, he's got some troubles with his early days as a Christian and he's complaining about it. And I listen. What's the complaint he told me? I said, You know what? This is a character issue. God isn't going to hear one of your prayers until you can thank Him for the job and do your very best in it. And the moment you do that and you come to that place, you'll be able to come free and into the next level and you've got to welcome and celebrate your assignment, not resent it because it's beneath you or because it's got problems in it. Now, one of the things, just for example, in relation to this, parents with their children, when a child begins to misbehave or does things, or perhaps you've got troubles with a teenager, it's very easy to get anger in the heart and then let them go out of your heart. And when you let them go out of your heart as a parent, you're letting them go out of your spiritual protection and that really opens them up for issues. That's why no matter what they're up to, we've got to bring grace into it and keep the love of God flowing into that area. The idea? So number one, embrace your metron in your heart or your territory in your heart. Number two, develop a vision. Begin to ask God to show you what could be. Number three, start to exercise your, uh, your authority and subdue spirits which are operating there. Subdue spirits which are operating there. Can you do that? Subdue them. How do you do that? In the name, pray in tongues, get in the spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take dominion over you. I speak to the hidden spirits oppressing my wife. I speak to hidden spirits oppressing my children. I speak to spirits in this workplace. I take dominion over you. You will be subject to me in Jesus' name. I release blessing. I release peace. I release growth. I release advancement, see? Be quite assertive in your praying. Speak. Put yourself into your praying. In Mark 11, 23, speak to the mountain and don't doubt in your heart that what you say is going to happen. You'll be quite surprised what will happen. You'll have it. You'll have it. You'll have it. Got the idea? Okay. And then you need to actively engage your spiritual territory in relationally with people in it and do what you can to cultivate the territory you're in so very exciting so I want to just first of all challenge some men if you're a husband and for whatever reasons now it could be that this is what you came up under if you're a husband and for whatever reason in your heart you know you have not stood up to take spiritual responsibility to pray and embrace this whole realm of your marriage and family in your heart you need to repent you have opened the door for unnecessary pressure and troubles. You need to repent, ask God to forgive you, and step up. You say, I don't know what to do. Listen, step up and expect for God to help you. Just do what you can and begin to start to, once you've stepped up, begin to start to speak as the head of the household and take dominion over the spirits that have come in and speak and release God's blessing. Don't spend all the time on the demons. Spend a lot of the time on speaking the word of God, speaking blessings, speaking things, but do assert your authority. Let demons hear There's someone here is risen up. Someone is back in his rightful place. Someone is in charge. it'll change your marriage will it all go well no it won't <laughs> the demons will say who's this wimpy person thinking come to a meeting get stirred up and think he's going to do that let's give him a bit of a slap around <laughs> you know and, they, and people give up you know and one guy told him how to pray come back a week later I said, what are you doing he said oh i'm not praying it doesn't work i said why is that? He said it got worse I said, really? You just started the fight. Get into it, boy. Go back there. Get in there. Lick that devil. This is meat for you. This is a chance to take on. So many times, once you start to pray like this, the relational issues in the marriage that were never faced start to surface. So it's not always a happy journey ahead. It can be a bit painful and a bit rocky, but what's happened is the stuff that was hidden and in darkness is now coming out and you can deal with it because what covered it has now been removed. If you're a woman and you've been in a situation where because of uh, insecurity or because of what you've been under, you've risen up and you won't let that man do that, you've got to repent of that. you are taken on something you're never called to take on. Just and say, God, I don't want to be in control of this thing. I want to learn to honor my husband, bring him back up into the place he needs to be. So Lord, I'm just yielding up any area where I took on something I should never have taken on. And Lord, I'm coming to that place now of believing in my husband, praying for him, standing with him, believing you will bring him up. The moment you let go, taking what he's responsible for, and you let it go from your heart and trust God with it, you'll find something will start to happen in him. He'll start to shift. It's quite surprising what now may not be straight away. You've got to let God do his work and not freak out and want to be back in control again. Now there may be others here today and of course the issue is nothing to do with that. The issue is basically you've got some stuff going down in your life. You've opened the door and let a demon in. For many men, this area of rejection makes them passive. They just feel uh, un, unaccepted, and, and they struggle with the fear of being rejected, they don't like themselves. That's what stops them standing up. You've got to break out. You need to be delivered to that. Get out of that stuff. There may be others here tonight, and you've opened the life, and you've given up. You've, you've been involved in, in, in some kind of sexual sin and those kind of stuff, and uh, it just opens a doorway for demons. leaves you tormented. That's territory you need to get back. The territory you need to get back. You need to regain that part of your life, regain your purity. God can give it back in a moment. Maybe there's someone here, you've been abused, someone took from you something, and basically you will be under the witchcraft control of what they did to you. It will be affecting you still to this day, but that can be broken off you as you forgive the person, release them, and God can set you free and make you clean again. There may be another area where the devil's come in, maybe you're involved in the cult dabbling in the occult. You've come into agreement with a demon, you've surrendered uh, an area of governance of your life to a demon. You've got to break that agreement, get out of that stuff. Hey, tonight God's wanting to set people free. Come on, let's stand. Let's give Jesus a great clap. Let's get ready to start to see God touch our lives and set us free. I'm sorry this is taking a little longer, but it, it just it just will give you such a key to help you with your life. I encourage you, get busy praying, get strong in the spirit. Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church in San Diego. To find out more information, check us out online at c3sandiego.com.